today on Real Radio. And I think God's happy about the work that's going on in your life. Yeah, you may not be happy. I may not be happy at times because you and I miss the opportunity to see what God's doing. God's doing an amazing thing in your life. You need to back up and see that. We get so bogged down with the here and now that we don't realize that God is preparing us for heaven and he's working in us now. Welcome to Real Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Radio, Pastor Jack now continues his series called The First Epistle of Peter with a message called From Here to Eternity, Part 1. It's been said that just a pat on the back really goes a long way. And the Apostle Peter understood this, and his words of encouragement arrived just in time to bring comfort and inspiration. Even though many Christ followers of Peter's day were suffering under the heavy hand of the Romans, Peter reminds them that these trials and persecutions will not defeat them. We have a big decision ahead of us, so it's time for every Christ follower to set their sights on heaven, and unlike the world we live in, it is undefiled and incorruptible, an inheritance that will not fade away. Heaven is a living hope, reserved for us through salvation in Jesus Christ. Peter tells us that in this promise from God, we find joy. Even through the grief and pain of this life, we are saved by faith and on our way home to forever be with the Lord. So today on day one of this message, Pastor Jack goes on to say that as Christ followers, we're just pilgrims here. This world, it's not our home. And in this journey, we can be confident that eternity is being prepared for us. It's the Lord's mercy and good pleasure to wipe every tear from our eyes and to quiet us with his embrace as he welcomes us home. And now in his message called From Here to Eternity, Part 1, here's pastor and Bible teacher Jack Hibbs. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, and today we'll start in verse 3 to 9. I said we'll start in verse 3 to 9. We won't make it all the way through, but we'll start in verse 3 of chapter 1, all the way in our reading down to verse 9, but we'll look at uh, the first part of a message today entitled, From Here to Eternity. From Here to Eternity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the remarkable doctrine that's here in these few verses. It's really now becoming very evident we're not hearing from a Galilean fisherman anymore. This is Peter who has been completely transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit, no longer bumbling or fumbling in his word usage or what to say, but a man anointed and filled by your Holy Spirit. And God, we see the authorship of your spirit in these words. So God, give us ears to hear and give us the heart and the eyes of a ready writer and of a diligent student to put into practice the things we'll learn today. And Father, I guess with what we're looking at, the bottom line would be this, that we as Christians ought to be very confident, very confident indeed in the fact that you are bringing us from here to eternity. You won't drop any of us. No one's going to slip through a crack. We're not going to have the bag break and fall out on the bottom. You're going to get us all the way through because you're the God that is so remarkably practical that once you've begun a a work in us, you're going to complete it. And so, God, we thank you. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. You can be seated with your Bible open right here to 1 Peter chapter 1. And 
Now we're looking in verses three to nine. And as I mentioned, the title, From Here to Eternity, uh, that's, that's the journey for the believer. You guys know last time, looking at the fact that Peter introduced uh, his epistle to all of us, addressing uh, the church at large from the first century in which Peter was living and wrote, all the way out to the 21st century, which you occupy now, that we are pilgrims. And that pilgrims have no home where they are at. They have no home where they reside. That as pilgrims, they're en route to their home. And Peter's writing to the Christians, to you, the believers, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And to say that you're a pilgrim is an important uh, and accurate biblical reality. Because what that means is, is that in us, there is a passion to get home. Peter's going to be talking to the believer, to us, about getting home, yet it's a home that we've never been to. The true follower of Jesus Christ this morning, sitting here, we've never seen heaven. Look, we've never seen Jesus. We've never seen the prophets. We've never seen the apostles. But we long to get home to the home that they all talked about. How is that? If the world would look at us, they would think we're nuts that we're crazy. And yet no one who is a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ can deny the fact that within you, your heart beats to an absolute different kind of drum. And that drum is the beat of heaven. The believer's life in the times that we spend, the, the money that we spend, the energies that we spend, everything that you and I do uh, to some degree is devoted to the fact that we're going to heaven. Sometimes we can lose sight of that. Sometimes we can forget that. But there's always that great reminder by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will remind you that God is doing a work. And all along the way, it's this journey from here right now to eternity. And it's an amazing thing. And so as we look at this today, I want you to consider something that in these few seven verses from verses three to nine, uh, theologically, it's really divided up into two parts that speak about the same reality. And it is that pilgrimship of who we are, uh, but it is also the discussion and the argument about the eternal state of the home in which we're going. We're pilgrims here, but in heaven we will be, what's the word, uh, firm-footed. We will have a, a, an excellent uh, foundation that though we, we are somehow limited, that we are somehow marginalized here, it will not be the same in heaven. And that is an awesome thing. So church, as we look at this, first uh, argument that we look at today regarding we as believers and from here to eternity is found right here in verse three. You read it a moment ago, look back at it now, and it's all about confidence, uh, that God would have us to be confident. We are confident is the argument of verse three, and it's this way, look at verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the push to our confidence comes from that word blessed. Uh, the word blessed here, and it's kind of interesting, right? Isn't God just always blessed? He's God. Well, this is where we get the English word uh, that we use, I should say, in our English world. Uh, but it is a Greek word, eulogy. You heard that word before? We use it when somebody dies, which is really lame. I got to tell you right now. It's kind of a lame application uh, to give a eulogy to somebody who's dead, have you, if you've been to a, a funeral, you, everybody who gets up behind the podium or stands up to say something, 
What do they say at the eulogy? All these good things about the person that maybe most of the stuff's not even real or true, I don't know. But if you notice that the guy, oh, he almost walked on water, the guy was so amazing. I remember this and I remember that and he was fantastic and he was amazing and, and all this and it's amazing. And, I, and, it, and I'm, I'm not knocking or I, I'm not endorsing insulting the dead. The bummer is you should have said those things to him while he was alive, right? You, you, you need to say it to them before they pass. And this is what Peter's doing right now for us. Blessed be God. Eulogy be God. We're saying these things about God because God alone is worthy to be praised. Bless you, God, is what he's saying. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, God. Wow, what's Peter about to say? What's he about to reveal? He's going to now break into a deep doctrinal encouragement for the believer, and Peter explodes by saying, blessed be God. And note this, blessed be God, he says, the Father, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, we don't need to spend much time on this, but in your note-taking, you ought to mark this down. God the Father is not over or greater than or bigger than God the Son. You need to understand that. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are three as one God manifest in those three personalities that we talked about last week. One is not less than the other. They are co-eternal. Each of them have all the same attributes as the one Godhead possesses. But when the Bible says that the Father, for example, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, what is the Bible saying? The Bible's saying that the moment Jesus Christ came into this world, and lived the life that he did, that he, Jesus, willingly uh, submitted himself to the lordship and the direction of the Father in his earthly life. Jesus was showing you and I how a man ought to live, how a woman ought to live in obedience to God. And so it's for us to relate, and the announcement is, blessed be God, and it's a great declaration of unity and statement the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is interesting. When we talk about the fact, mark it if you would, that you and I ought to be confident knowing that God is delighted, that God is delighted in the fact that Peter is speaking to the believers. God is delighted. Did you know that God gets delight out of you? And that's a biblical fact. Now, I don't know how you may, or what you may think about that, but according to God, he is delighted, and, and he sees you, as we talked about last week, in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, all of you who have come to faith in Christ. I'll give you a couple of examples. In Luke chapter 12, verse 32, listen to this. Jesus said, do not fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be insecure. What he's really saying is be confident in this, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Did you know God wants you to have the kingdom life? God wants you to have eternity. God wants you to have salvation. God wants you to go to heaven. So regarding eternity from here and onward, we're, we're in this journey. Know this and be encouraged. It's God's delight and desire that you make it. You say, oh, pastor, I hope I make it. Listen, are you a Christian? Meaning this, are you a follower of Jesus? Do you believe he died on the cross and rose again from the dead? Yes, I do. You're going to make it. Now watch me. I'm telling you, you're going to make it. Don't go like this. Cool. All right, don't stick out your chest and, and think that you're going to do something that's going to get you to make it. Oh, no, that's the Holy Spirit's job under the 
command of the Father to honor the work of the Son to get you into heaven. He's going to do it. And we're going to see the reasons why these next couple of weeks in this study as to why God will come through for you because God is committed to your salvation. It has nothing to do with your merit whatsoever. It has everything to do with his holy name. It has everything to do with this incredible salvation work of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is delighted. Blessed be the God. How was God blessed? Well, the whole act of salvation. God is blessed by that. He wrote the Bible. He's blessed by that. It was God's idea that you and I would experience salvation and a relationship with God. God gets delighted about that. The next verse, I, I don't quote this enough. I don't share it with you enough, but I have in times past. Uh, it's always received, this verse, is always received with silence. Yeah? I wonder why. It's Zephaniah chapter three. Maybe you don't think Zephaniah is in the Bible for one thing. <laughs> Zephaniah is a book of the Bible. Did you, did you read Zephaniah this week? <laughs> Zephaniah chapter three, verse 17. Listen to this. Regarding God's delight in you. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save he will, he, not you, he will rejoice over you with gladness. Really? He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The Bible ultimately talks about when God and you, we are, are united with him in heaven, that God is going to be delighted. Now, some people take this as being almost an irreverent uh, view of God, that God would go, yeah, Jack, you made it. You're here. My Holy Spirit worked all the way through your life and, and praise. I was going to say praise the Lord. He'd say, praise me. <laughs> oh, it's good to have you here. He's going to be delighted. The word means that he's going to, listen, he's going to hold. The word is to embrace with comfort or quietness. You remember when the Bible says in the book of Revelation, he's going to wipe away every tear. Imagine that. How real will heaven be? How real will, I tell you, it's going to be more real than this tent. It's going to be more real than your body. It's going to be more real than anything you and I have ever experienced. God is going to receive you and I, and he's going to quiet us with his embrace. That is a precious thing. You say, are you sure God's going to do that? Listen, God's word says it. He's going to do it. Don't ask me how. I don't know, but he's going to do it. And then the scripture tells us in Zephaniah that he's going to rejoice over you and I with singing. The Hebrew word implies twirling, spinning around, singing, singing. God is going to do this. Does that bother you? It doesn't bother me at all. I think God can be enthusiastic, don't you? The Bible tells us in the Old Testament that when God created the physical universe, that the angels sang and praised to God. And the Bible says regarding God's creative works, it says that he saw all that he had created and it was very good. I think God was happy about that. And I think God's happy about the work that's going on in your life. Yeah, you may not be happy. I may not be happy at times because you and I miss the opportunity to see what God's doing. God's doing an amazing thing in your life. You need to back up and see that. We get so bogged down with the here and now that we don't realize that God is preparing us for heaven and he's working in us now. You need to look for that. You need to see that. God, we can have confidence in this, is delighted 
And that confidence, Peter is telling this to a group of people, as I said last week, have lost their homes, lost their families, they've lost their countries, they're on the run, all because Jesus is their Lord. The second thing we see in verse three is that we can be confident in knowing that God is merciful. God is merciful. It says in verse three, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Man, I tell you, that latter end of that verse is extremely, we would say, pregnant with truth, pregnant with theology. You notice, first of all, that it is God himself, and it says that he's doing whatever he's doing according. What does this mean? It means that the according means that God has a plan and he's sticking to it. Church, I like that. God has a plan regarding your life and he's sticking to your plan. And he's doing a work. And what is he doing? Well, he's doing this work that he's sticking to and it is based on his abundant mercy. Uh, We all know what grace is. We talked about grace uh, a couple of three weeks ago. Grace is God giving you what you do not deserve. Uh, Maybe you don't deserve this and God gives it to you anyway. Uh, let's, let's be honest. The way California's been treating God, did God owe us this last few days or this last month of weather? Hasn't it been wonderful? I mean, it's too cold for me, but it's beautiful. But listen, we're right here in the sunshine and the hills are all green. The flowers are gonna be coming out soon. And you see all the snow in the mountains this morning driving here to church. And it's just spectacular and beautiful. What's going on? Grace, God's grace. And... Uh, God is good. He, he just does that. It's, it's what he does. Well, the amazing thing is, we're not talking about grace right now. We're talking about mercy. And it's an abundant mercy. And you know what mercy is? Grace is getting that which you do not deserve. Mercy is what you do deserve, right? God withholds that from coming. So God, uh, uh, God pours out grace upon you, giving you things that you do not deserve. Mercy is where God stops that. And Peter says, abounding in mercy, God is toward you in this life, toward me. And so this word abounding is a limitless amount of whatever's about to follow the word uh, abundant or abounding. So mercy is, for example, what if you are now found guilty and the judge says, uh, I'm about to give you your sentencing. So the jury's found you guilty, and then the judge says, I'm going to give you your sentencing. So stand up. And the judge says, I've, I've thought this through, and based upon the authority vested in me by the law, uh, I am going to give you not three to five years, which this crime uh, would normally warrant, I'm gonna give you three to five minutes to tell me you'll never do this again. And then go. What would you do? You'd get a big smile and in three to five minutes, you would tell him why you're never gonna do that again. And you'd run out of that courtroom, clicking your heels and celebrating. God abounding in mercy. God is abounding in mercy. How many times God does not do to us what we deserve? Every, thank you. Somebody say, all of you say amen right now. It is so true. Incredible mercy that God bestows upon us. And there's for a reason. He's done this because, look, there's a purpose. God is at work, who, according to his abundant mercy, 
has begotten us again. There's a connection here that in God's mercy, rather than sending us to hell in that which we deserve, God has begotten us again. Ladies and gentlemen, church family, it means this, God has given you a second life. You can start your life over again. That's God's mercy. And he gives us a second life. And that second life is not like the first life. It implies this. The first life is fraught with hopelessness. The second life is full of a living hope. A hope that will be yours, is ours now. I want to say it this way sarcastically. Only as long as Jesus lives. As long as Jesus lives, you, the believer, have this remarkable living hope. It cannot be extinguished. It's an everlasting hope. It cannot be put out. It cannot be estranged from you. It is a hope. Listen, you need this for encouragement. It's a hope that cannot flee from you. When, when all the chips seem to be falling against you and everything seems to be going down the tube, you need to remember this verse today. You need to say, Lord, you've given me a living hope. And that's available now, tomorrow, and forever. Jesus, show me hope. Help me now to see this hope, oh God. And he'll do that. And what's interesting about this, look in your Bibles, skip down to verse four. Um, he's, be, got, he's, he's given us or uh, bestowed upon us, we just saw the living hope. Look at, uh, is it verse five, talks about inheritance? Uh, the inheritance. And the third thing is salvation in verse nine. Uh, Greek scholars link these together, who according to his uh, abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope, to an inheritance, and to, uh, to the salvation. A uh, trinity of blessings that God has put upon us, and these are things that, are, that do not uh, flee away. These are things that are constant, and he's begotten us again. Y you say, well, um, this is ours? Yeah, it's ours. Here's what's fun, and I don't, I don't know if you like this or not. I love it. You remember verses one and two that by God's foreknowledge he has ordained us or, 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 or uh, predestined us based upon his foreknowledge? That God knew in eternity those who would say yes to him and those that would say no to him? That listen, that the only way that you can have a biblical justifiable hell where people suffer there and God not be unjust is that hell be a place where those people did everything they could to get there? Hello, did you hear me? People who are in hell now got there very, very strenuously. They very, very much were committed to getting to hell. They rejected the grace of God over and over again. God didn't throw them there. They threw themselves there. Okay? Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs. Here on Real Radio, in his message called From Here to Eternity, Part 1. We're so glad you joined us today. And you know, our hope is that you have chosen to follow Christ and that you're ready to arrive at your final destination. From Here to Eternity, Part 1, is part of Pastor Jack's series called The First Epistle of Peter, a series that takes us through the life and times of the Apostle Peter, whose love for Jesus Christ carried him through great persecution and whose compassion for others still inspires us today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Radio. Hey, we've got a special offer for you. The Life and Bible series is now available on an MP3 CD. And for a gift of any amount, you'll get 17 complete audio messages, 
along with Pastor Jack's sermon notes, all on one disc. Yeah, you'll get the notes, too. Just go to our website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org, and take advantage of this great offer on the Life and Bible series. And remember, it's yours for a gift of any amount at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. Did you know that Pastor Jack is very much active on social media? So, if you'd like a free and convenient way to help support this ministry, or if you're just interested in what Pastor Jack has to say on current events, be sure to check out his Facebook page, Instagram, and subscribe to his YouTube channel. For more Pastor Jack and to help support this ministry, follow Pastor Jack on social media. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. I'm David J. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Radio.